With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. One, two, one, two. Another edition of the Garge Grill Boxing Podcast. I'm your co-host, Roberto Flack. Soon to be joined by my man Coltrane and ROD. We've got a special interview with up-and-coming prospect Dylan Price. And we obviously got to talk about the big fight this weekend, major, major heavyweight clash in the U.K., Wembley Stadium, Anthony Joshua, or I should say Vladimir Klitschko versus Anthony Joshua for the vacant WBA and uh, IBF titles that are, well, the IBF is held by uh, Anthony Joshua. So so that's going to be taking place on paper, on Sky Sports, Sports box office, which is, I guess, their form of pay-per-view in the States. Uh, funny enough, both Showtime and HBO will be televising this fight. Uh, Showtime got the live feed rights, and then HBO is going to be getting the, you know, late-night replay following the the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, which is going to be around, like, they, they were estimating around, like, 1045. The bell time, Eastern Standard Time, I think, well, I believe the telecast in the United States is going to begin at 4.30 on Showtime, and from what I read today, the, the first bell is going to be at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So if you're on the West Coast, three hours before that. So, you know, we're going to, we're going to dive into that. There was boxing over the weekend, and, you know, that, that's something, we, you know, we want, I wanted to discuss with the, with the fellas uh, when they got online, but... Uh, next week, I, I, again, another major fight, the big Cinco de Mayo, Canelo, Chavez Jr. clash uh, that's taking place at the T-Mobile Arena, live on pay-per-view. Uh, there's some uh, select movie theaters that are going to be showing it, and obviously the bars and however which other ways <laughs> you uh, view, you could uh, get to view the fight. Uh, I wanted to speak on that real quick, man. Um you know, one one of the things about that, uh, an article came up with Eric Gomez, as it relates to them trying to stop the, the basically the online piracy of you know Canelo versus uh, Chavez Jr. Because you know everybody that listens to this show and that have been on Facebook and you know obviously are on Twitter and things as such. We're starting to see a lot of these fights getting streamed live on these platforms, being they have live capabilities. And from the article I read, I believe it was on Boxing Scene, where they they were basically going into detail about how they they were trying to uh, combat live streaming. And you know, really to to give my opinion on it, man, we we've talked about this in previous shows. As far as how the presentation of the product is starting to evolve a little bit, and you know what we mean by that is, at one point, pay per view was 
the go-to and or, you know, the, the only means of seeing uh, a really big marquee fight. And the only way you could see it was purchasing it through your cable subscriber and things as such. But as technology does, you know, like I said, things evolve, man. And just like with uh, the, the the record industry, MP3 downloads when Napster came out, you know, it really changed the entire music industry, man. I mean, as we know, and even to this day, as far as where it's gone, the, the, the overall presentation of, of how, how people get music, and, and the same thing is happening with boxing. And, and we're starting to see, you know, these pay-per-views that shouldn't be on pay-per-view, and, you know, the sales have gone down, with the exception of, you know, a couple of fights here and there, but... I just it's gonna it's gonna be very hard for Golden Boy Promotions to combat uh, online streaming as Dana White on the UFC side has tried to do for years and to to no avail. Uh, it's it's next to impossible at this point, man. So just like you know, with the music industry, they they have to evolve, you know. And I think uh, we're, we're gonna start to see that in the next several years as far as like which one of these companies or entities and such will begin to evolve their product uh, and present it in a new way that gets, you know, people back into maybe a subscription-based deal like a Box Nation in the U.K. Boy, I mean, that's uh, that's neither here nor there. Who, who we got online? Yo, 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 Cold Train. Yes, sir. What's popping, fam? What up, what up, what up? So we got a big weekend uh, in the heavyweight division this weekend. Yo, I was, yes, I, you I do. So up. Uh, uh, both guys, you know, Anthony Joshua and Klitschko, they did their open workouts this week, you know, right. today, actually. And, you, you know, I wanted to talk about it and everything, but um, just some things I wanted to touch on uh, mm-hmm. down the line. I mean, I want to get your opinion on some things, too, but, I mean, I guess we'll, okay. we'll give our predictions later. Um, but I mentioned earlier, you know, uh, when we started the show, you know, we got an interview with uh, Dylan Price. Yep, yep, yep. Who, um you know, if you, if you wanted to touch on it real yeah. quick before you get him on the line. Yeah, yeah, real quick. So, you know, um, Dylan Price is a young up-and-coming fighter. Uh, he's actually from Philadelphia, but he resides in Jersey. Okay. Um, he moved over there with his family like everybody does in Philly. He's in Jersey, Delaware, and outskirts. Yeah. Um, but um, he, uh, his father actually, and, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll ask Dylan a little bit more about this when he gets on air with us, but his father actually had a hand wrap business, you know, for uh, – special type of rats he was selling to fighters, you know. And if I'm not mistaken, uh, you know, this is how he actually built a relationship with the Mayweather's out in Vegas. Now, while the business was going on, Dylan was uh, training uh, to be become a fighter. At this time, he was an amateur fighter. He was still a, you know, a young man, uh, still a young man, but he was a teenager, you know, kid pretty much you know, fighting in a Golden Glove tournament, and he pretty much was just running through people. Um, wow. You get a chance, check this kid out. I, he's, and I'm not just saying it because he's coming on, and, you know, obviously he's a friend to the show, but this kid is real. Like, uh, you know, it was like a lot of people, you know, Top Rank was after him. Uh, 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 Golden Boy was after him. You know, obviously Bernard, you know, being from Philly, you know, thought they had a shoe in, but, you know, I guess they decided to take their show on the road with the Mayweathers because, you know, uh, 
loyalty from a loyalty respect, you know, that again they were supporting Dylan since he was a little kid. And I know Floyd Mayweather Senior has been working with him since he's been a little kid. More so senior, I think he had a more of a relationship with the dad than Mayweather Floyd, little Floyd himself. But I'll let him we'll let him get more into that. So what I'm gonna do is um and he's, right now he's campaigning at the Super Flyweight division, by the way, and I think he has two fights thus far. He just had a fight last Saturday. But I'll let him get more into, you know, about his career, you know, what to look out for and, you know, how he kind of got started and all that stuff. So I'm going to I'm gonna, I'm gonna go in the dark real quick and bring him on. So all right, let's go down so I'll come back. All right. So for those who haven't already, man, follow us at Guards of Grill Boxing on Instagram. Uh, you can follow me at Roberto underscore Flack on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, follow us on Facebook, uh, facebook.com slash GYG Boxing. Uh, you know, just giving tidbits, uh, videos, uh, you know, prediction videos that we're going to be putting up really soon. So uh, stay tuned for that, man. But uh, like I said earlier, man, we still got more fights to talk about. The Oscar Valdez uh, Mariaga fight, man, which was uh, pretty entertaining last weekend. Uh, kind of wanted to touch on that a little so, bit. So, so on the line with us, as I just mentioned, Dylan Price, up and coming super featherweight fighter yes, out sir. of Philadelphia, residing in New Jersey. But you still rep Philly, though, right? Is it cool yes, to say Philly? All right, yeah, it's cool. Yeah, you know, out of the Illadel. Um, Dylan. So, Dylan, man, first of all, thank you for coming on, man. No problem. My pleasure. And I got my partner Thanks, on the line with us, Roberto Flat. He'll be asking you some stuff, too. Okay, yeah, appreciate cool. you coming on, man. Thank you. What's going on? What's going so, on, so, so, Dylan, so take – all right, so before you came on uh, just now, I was talking to the people out there, and I was talking about your father, right? Yeah. And I was saying that your dad, I, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, he had like some sort of uh, hand wrap business in the, in the um, fight game? Uh, no, it wasn't hand wrap. It was like a cub glove or something. A glove, like okay. There yeah. you go. It's like it's something to prevent the tape from coming off. Like, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha. so they gotcha. used that. He invented those. So um, I know when you was younger, I remember seeing like some video and some tapes out there. I mean, like some pictures out there. You was working with the Mayweather. Sorry, say that again. I can't hear you. No, I was saying I remember when you was younger. And I remember meeting you at at uh at a fight party like when you was young. You was a oh like, yeah, as uh, Martinez. Um, right, right, right. And you was talking about how you was out in Vegas working with uh Floyd Senior. Yeah. yeah. So why don't you get into that relationship a little bit? How you met them and how that all started? How that came about? Well, when I was. Kid, I think I was nine years old. I was at a, a national tournament and I was fighting. And Floyd Senior liked my style, so I know my dad linked up and they told us to come down so he could work with us. And the rest was history. They just had a relationship. Well, we all had a relationship with each other ever since. So, like, so you were a little kid. I'm, I'm sure you knew who Mayweather was, the yeah. little Floyd. Yeah. So how does how was that? Like, you know, you you're going to go hang out with the Mayweathers, like the, the royal family in boxing. How was that for you as a kid, man? I mean, it was an unforgettable experience. I was just, I was <laughs> amazed. Like, his lifestyle was just so mind-blowing. I just, and it also motivated me to, like, want to be like that one day and have have the things that he had. And it just showed me what boxing can do for me, you know, my future. So it just motivated me. Hundred percent to just want to go harder and want to keep going for boxing. 
So when you was out there, I know, I know, you know, Floyd lives in We all we know that. But the one thing that get lost in all of that, and you know this because you you had a firsthand experience with it, is how hard Mayweather works. How was that seeing that you know live and up front? How was that for you? Uh, he worked extremely hard. Like I never seen nothing like it, and that's what I was saying. Like it motivated me to just want to work ten times harder and see like the hard work that it takes to be on that level and just staying on top. But he worked extremely hard. Hard, the hardest worker in boxing that I've seen so far. So he just wow. Worked. All right, so bring us up to speed to the to today, right? You you're mm-hmm. you're two and zero, yep. you know. You just had your second professional fight. Both fights you won by technical stoppage, knockouts. So, who who decided you wanted to go pro? Was this your decision? Was it a team decision? What made you realize that it's time to go, you know, and 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 play in a big league, so to speak? Well, I sat down. Me and my dad sat down after the world championships was over. And uh, we decided, we, we we felt that, you know, we did everything we could do in the amateur games. We accomplished everything we felt that we we could accomplish. So we just decided to, you know, turn pro and um, try to do everything that we can do to get to the world championship. And you guard your girl boxing live with uh, up-and-coming super featherweight prospect, um, Dylan Price, who's also, by the way, signed to the money team. Uh, congratulations on that. Thank you. you know, um, I, I don't even need to know, ask why you decided to sign with them after you just gave us a, you know, a historical background in your relationship with them. But Roberto, did you have any? Did you want to chime in here with any questions? Well, yeah, our, um, culture. You you kind of tapped into it as far as uh, seeing Mayweather train. Um, what, what was your experience like as far as because. In the in the last couple of years, Mayweather's gym has been getting like a lot of coverage and so forth. So, like, what what's the overall like experience of training in that gym, and you know, particularly with like Floyd right there? I mean, like, it was mind blowing. Like when I was actually there watching him, I couldn't believe I was actually there. Like, just the whole experience, all of the people being around, the cameras uh, flashing, his lifestyle, the hard work, just everything, the money around him all the time was just like motivation like it's, it's it was motivation it was mom blowing like i just couldn't believe it i actually it wasn't until i actually got home and i just sat down i was like i was really down there with floyd and like i got to see everything like his life I, it was just mom blowing you know i was blessed to be able to have that Uh, R.O.D., you on the line? Yeah, I'm on the line. I'm on the line. Yeah, did you, did you want Congratulations to Congratulations, Steve. Thanks for, thanks for joining us. It's funny. I just saw your dad today at, at uh, Lowe's as I was picking oh. something out. And, uh, he was, you know, we talked about you being on the show. Man. He's a great guy. And, you know, Thank you guys you. are a great family. Thank you. I appreciate that. No, no problem. Um, and, and Mike, you know, obviously Mike is part of our group, and Mike is a big brother. To, to all of us, you know, right. so definitely love that. But here's a question I have for you, just, you know, about doing the, the kids, so, or the uh, the uh, young adult, rather. You know, mm-hmm. tell me, you know, let's let's talk about, like, your favorite artist. Like, what do you like to listen to when you train? Like, like what, you, what you into? Like, I like to hear, 
like, you know, this generation's mindset? Like, what, what do you like well, to listen to? What's your favorite type of music? What gets you amped up? I like Tupac, Biggie. I like A Boogie. And that's really all the people I listen to to get me, like, hyped up. It's really A Boogie, Tupac, and, and Biggie Smalls. Nice. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. That's awesome. And, that's awesome. It seemed like you got see it, it was the reason why we love this kid. So <laughs> my next question <laughs> yep. My next question is what is your favorite fight? So like, you know, you come home, we all have our favorite fight. Like great question. Great question. So like sometimes, you know, my dad when when I was growing up, we used to go to different places, you know, I was moonlighting, we box boxed the happy hollow here and there. You know, it was George Foreman and Ryan Lyle. You know, we used to always put it on and just laugh. You know, that was our uh, favorite fight. What is your favorite fight that you never get sick of watching? My favorite fight was Floyd Mayweather against Demarcus Corley. I watch that all the time. When I'm in training camp, I watch all Pretty Boy Floyd. Uh, the fights are pretty – like when Floyd, when he was younger, I watch all those fights when I'm in training camp and stuff. But the one that stands out the most, my, the one I watch the most, my favorite, be Floyd against Chop Chop Curl. All right, and my last question, I appreciate that. That was a good fight, a ton of knockdown. That was a fight where, you know, everybody was saying, oh, Floyd's very vulnerable. He was getting hit, but then Floyd yeah. unleashed some punishment on Chop Chop. Yeah. Yeah. They beat him down. So, yeah, my, my last question, I appreciate you being a, a good sport. My last question is this. <clears throat> All right. Besides Floyd Mayweather, if you had to compare your fighting style to someone that's, you know, past, pre- past or present, mm-hmm. who would it be? So not Honestly, anyone besides Floyd. If you had to compare your fighting style to anyone, who would it be besides Floyd? Honestly, like, I I, I, I love Floyd's fighting style, and I respect, like, every other boss. But I just try to look at it like, like I'm no, I'm like, I'm not like no other athlete, you know? I'm I'm the first one, you know, and that's how I, I try to look at it. You know, the things I use the things my dad teach me, and I'm uh, never old enough to uh, old enough to learn. But that's how I try to look at it. You know, I'm like no other other athlete. You know, I'm myself. So that's how I try to look at it. I can't really well, compare anybody else. That's all. Awesome. Good train Pass, passing the baton to you. You're good train, Roberto. We, all right, I, I had a hard time hearing y'all. Dylan, you still there? Yep, I'm still there. Okay. All right, so, like, you know, so we're not going to put any pressure on you, obviously. You, you, uh, you're two fights in, you know, but, I'm, you know, you. I can tell that you're a student just by the music that you listen to. So, <laughs> you know, um, oh, real quick before we get into I get into the next question. So, you know, Ryder Dow saw your dad earlier, right? So yeah. he had no idea you was coming on tonight. Yeah. So he said to Ryder Dow, you sure that, you know, you know he's coming on. I said to Ryder Dye, I said, because, you know, we we got kids that's almost your age. And I said, he's a young, you know, you're not a teenager, but I said at that age, they don't tell our parents everything. You know, like, <laughs> <laughs> he forgot, like, how it is to be that age. I'm like, he's not, you know, I'm sure you talk to your dad about a lot of stuff, but you're not giving him a play-by-play with every little thing. So that was just a sidebar, a little funny thing I wanted to share with you. Yeah. But, um, just switching gears real quick, and I and, and I and I mean, I think I can speak for everybody here on the panel, and you know we're not kissing you behind here, but you know it's really refreshing to hear you talk. You know, me and Rada die. You know, it's, you know, 
Roberto's down in Florida, you know, we're, we grew up in Philly, like you, you know. So I know you see it. You're on Instagram and some of these other portals. And some of these young guys is really, like, shaming the sport. You know, they they treating boxing like it's the rat thing pretty much. Right. But not putting that putting the work in. Right. So to hear you, you know, you you, you sound well mature behind your year, your years, and I think that a lot of that tributes to your dad. And yeah. you know, but I got to get your props too because you still got to you know live it out. But uh, right. that being said, you know, obviously we had Bernard for so many years. You know, then I guess you can kind of say Danny took the baton. Yeah. And, you know, obviously he just had his not that his career is over because. We know we live in a climate now, and if you lose, your career is over. So we're not saying that by any stretch of the imagination. Right. How do you feel about that whole I got to carry the baton for Philly type of pressure? Or is it, or, is it, or you don't care about it at all. It's like bring it on. You know, how do you feel about that? Well, I, I just had a mindset, like, you know, I'm not going to really put no pressure on myself. Like, I had, I had sickle, the whole sickle on my back, or the whole Philly on my back, you know. I just put my faith in the Lord, you know, my parents. My team, you know, we just take it step by step, day by day. And, you know, if I go out undefeated, uh, you know, I go out undefeated. If I don't, you know, I don't. But I'm going to always uh, go into the ring 100%. I'm going to put my all into it. And uh, whatever happens, happens. Well stated. Put all the pressure on That that was very well put. Um, You know, we're going to wrap up. So just real quick before we wrap up, Dylan, what's, what's next for Dylan Price? Well, you know, we're looking at a couple of dates in uh, June, so hopefully I'll be back in the ring in June, uh, sometime in June. And uh, we should be getting ready for that, so I should know in a couple of days when I'll be fighting again, but most likely the middle of June. All right, man. Well, listen, man, much success. We appreciate you coming on. You know, sure. don't be a stranger. We'll definitely do our due diligence to keep in touch, you know, and showcase you. So just just keep us, you know, shoot me a text and vice versa when your next fight or when you get close to it. Okay, and cool. uh, we'll try to have you back on before then. All right, my brother? Okay, cool. Got you. Thank you. I appreciate it. All right, man. No, thank you, man. Thank you. Well, that was the upcoming process. You got it, right Rodda? Yeah, I was going to tell Dylan, make sure uh, he could probably, if he wanted to share it, you know, share that podcast as well, that link. So maybe Dylan okay. send it to him. Can you send it? Okay, you will send it to him. Yeah, no doubt. We'll, I'll send it to you tomorrow. Okay, cool. Thank All you. All right. Thanks. And good looking out with that ride or die. Yeah. All right, man. Be, be, be safe, boy. All right, that was Dylan Price, man, up and coming to flyweight out of Philadelphia, currently 2-0, signed to the money team. Well, you know, what did you guys think about, you know, the interview with Dylan, man? Very, very mature for his age. Very mature right. sounding. The fact that he he's he's a Biggie fan, man. Like we can't be right. Can't be like that was like that kind of threw me for. <laughs> for team, <laughs> what do we always say though? It's how he was raised. Don't we always say that, right? Do we not? Yes, or yes. Do we not say that? That's important. Trying to get some of these guys a pass. <laughs> like no, what you say, right, Adal? No, I didn't say anything. I was I was I was just listening to Roberto. I was just listening. Go ahead. No, I was saying I mean, but, like when you. When you don't have, like, you know, when that positive male reinforcement is around, it helps out on so many levels, even with music. <laughs> Word. Yeah and, I think, and I, yeah, and I think Roberto has said it a long time ago, man. You know, again, on our thread, we have our own pers- our personal thread. And, w- and what happens is when we have our personal thread, you know, Roberto's always sharing stories about you know, he's always sharing stories about, 
you know, how this younger generation is, you know, with in regard to what they're listening to. And it so he's a DJ, too. Roberto's a DJ, you know, so he's around. DJ. Right. Yeah, right. right. But it also shows that this, you know, some of this stuff, as Roberto said, is taught. So when you think yeah, about no it, you know, being well totally you know, you know, people just don't find Biggie. This younger generation doesn't just find Biggie. Right. Heck, right. There exactly. were people that, that there were celebrities that was on stage that didn't even know the songs, didn't know, didn't know the words to get money. So like, this is, <laughs> this is something yeah. that, no, you're so, right. Though. You're laughing, but it's true. No, but right. you, you, you're I, absolutely right, man. Because that's that's how you. Uh, like you guys know about older music because because you, you're folks and like right. me, no doubt. Well, yeah. And kind of the same thing how we're doing with our kids. Though they don't like the stuff they like, you know. Just like my son at a point will like all the current stuff. Like he's gonna have it embedded. Like you know what? There's this whole other world <laughs> that came before me. And, right. and you know we did the same thing, man. Like think of the music that we discovered in our later years. Right, that we never knew about during the time of you know our, our adolescence and, and or getting into our adolescence and and things as such. But I think as parents, man, we're all parents on the panel here. You know, by the way, everybody. Play. <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> so the reason why I brought, the reason why I brought it up just to let you know, so so is because. If he's being schooled in that music tip, then you know he's being well-schooled from a boxing perspective. Well, that, that's that, that one was of the, the correlation, Ryder. Right? That's why I yep. was trying to tie it all in there. Yeah, because what that's happens is... That's what you heard what I said about the Instagram. Like, I mean, it's embarrassing on there. I mean, it is. Like, yeah. you know, yeah. we're on there, so we see it. Like, like if it wasn't for Guard Your Girl, like, I wouldn't even have no parts on there because it's just like... You, you know, most of our people that we follow is in the combat community, and, and, and like 85% is boxers from our boxing team. So you look on there, you see these young fighters. It's like, dude, are you serious? Like, where are you? Who are you beating? Like, you, this one dude put a video up. I never forget this young guy I was following. You know, and he fought a dude who had more losses than he had wins. He barely won the fight. It was a split decision. He was on there talking like, these guys got it all wrong. They took the one part of Floyd character and decided, oh, this is what I'm going to set my module after. And, you know, not that's why I asked him personally about the floor. Like, you know, he was talking about the material stuff. But I got to the part about the work ethic. And, you know, I mean, it, we all know Floyd's work ethic. But him getting a front row seat of it, I said, this is the part that the young fighters don't get. It's the work ethic that take, that it takes to be a great fighter. That was a, you know, was a, he, this kid is serious, man. Like, people going to find out later. You know, they're going to find out. You know, this kid, is he, he's going to be the real deal. He's been, been you know, polished to be a, a great fighter. You know, and that's the thing about it, like, like you said, Roberto, when you, whenever you have, you know, someone in your corner, someone schooling you or something, man, you have a point of reference. And the reason why is because, you know, if you, like for today, if you were to show a kid how to play basketball, I don't think, it would behoove you to go say, okay, we're going to let you look at LeBron James. Like, I think you kind of need to turn the clock back a little bit. And if you have somebody thorough, be like, all right, well, look at you at the start. If you want to start anywhere, I'm not saying basketball started this generation. You would int- you would kind of name off some of the greats. But then you would kind of go into, like, all right, man, like, you know, for your size, you might want to look at Isaiah Thomas. You just don't go to Kyrie Irving and not look at Isaiah Thomas. You know, you don't go to – 
Steph Curry without looking at Mahmoud um, Abdul-Rahim with Chris Jackson. You don't go, you know, you don't go to LeBron, you know, obviously without looking at Kobe and Jordan. Like, there's just levels to this thing, man, and that don't happen unless you got some type of influence of saying, yo, all right, you can have, you can come out and be that new tool or you can be that Swiss Army knife that kind of got a lot of different things in your game, which is, right. believe it or not, not to throw it out there, not to get on tangent, which is why when you look at fighters like a, a Terrence Crawford, man, I was just thinking about how skilled he was today. It was kind of scary, man, like crap, switching up styles, kind of fight southpaw, then fight orthodox, got power in both hands. Like, like dude can really fight, man. He's been really taught, man. He, the, scary hold, about, man. the scary thing about Crawford is is he, he's a skilled dog. You know, that's like, wow, that's a great, that's a great Good parallel, point. what you just said, a skilled dog. That's like the highest <laughs> term of endearment you can give a, a fighter. I mean, that's, yeah, I mean that's, that's really what he, because you remember that Gamboa fight, man. I mean, he got, he got hit with some shots, but some fighters, um, they, 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 and we've seen so many before that the timidness comes out and the, the complete opposite happened with him. And then we saw, oh, he can adjust a little bit, you know, and, and, and we started to see how good this guy really is, man. And so... Uh, but student to the game, to me, man, is, you know, they're, they're always fighters you have to watch. I mean, and the physicality of it, too, comes into play as far as, um, you, you know, just getting the experience and having all the mechanics there. And, you know, but if you're somebody, if he's somebody like him who I'm assuming is, you know, even watching those old Floyd fights, man, uh, I mean, we forget, man, some of those are like 15 years old. You know, like, uh, but it, it's like with us too, man. I mean, we go back, we research, all, all, whether it's with the hip hop, with the boxing, and even with the NBA, man. I mean, we we know things from the seventies and the and the early eighties when we were just like little, little, little kids. But when you have a passion for something too, like you just so you know naturally you just research its history, or as it should be. But um. Uh, yeah, but that was a dope interview, man. I mean, I appreciate you. I uh, appreciate uh, Coltrane uh, getting Dylan on, man. So we got we to gotta definitely look out for Dylan Price. So before we get to, like, the Klitschko-Joshua fight, I wanted to touch real quick on it because I know R.O. <laughs> – I want to get R.O.D.'s opinion on, on uh, this weekend, this past weekend's uh, Sean Porter versus Andre Berto fight took place on Showtime. It was the triple header. Uh, before that, it was it was Jamel Charlo uh, knocking out Charles Hatley, uh, borderline through the ropes uh, as he retains his WBC uh, junior middleweight title. And uh, so, yeah, ROD man, like set it off. I mean, l- l- let me get you two cents on on the fight itself because because we we had a chat that you know I saw the fight later, and the chat was just cracking me up. And then after watching the fight, I just Laugh a little more, but R.O.D., go ahead, man. So, I, you know, I, you know, it's funny, man. And shout out to Corey. When we talk about the Charlo brothers, um, you know, we're talking about, you know, just like everybody's trying to find a gimmick in boxing, you know, whatever it is, whatever angle that is. And, you know, for us, majority of GYGB, we always thought that the Charlo brothers were just a gimmick, just twins, you know, sort of like the whole, 
you know, uh, you know how people try to use color in, in different types of sports and everything like that. It just thought it was a gimmick. And Corey kept telling us, shout out to Corey, yo, man, these guys are the real deal. I don't understand why you like these guys. And, you know, when we saw what J-Rock did, first we saw the Trout thing, then we saw, you know, the whole J-Rock thing. We were like, oh, crap, man, these guys are pretty decent, man. Like, they could really rumble. Then you look at how hard they work, man, and then, you know, you get Charles Hatley, man, who's like, he's coming in the ring after, I guess, before Trout, and he's talking to the wrong brother. Like, you know, I'm your mandatory, da 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 they're both from Dallas, and they're talking trash. Now, anybody, side note, anybody that thought Charles Hadley had a chance before this fight was out of their mind. Like, I think that all of us said that, you know, Charles Hadley was going to get hurt. And I think that, you know, that's what happened. You know, one of the things about the Char- the Charlo brothers, number one, for their division, they're physically imposing. Um, they look like cross, they look like they do CrossFit. <laughs> you know, I, it just, it just, no, you know, they're just physically imposing, man. They, they're intimidating. When you looked at J Rock versus, you know, um, Charlo, and then you looked at, you know, um, Jamel rather, um, or Jamar, Jamel, Jamar, what is it, Jamel? Jamel fought J Rock, and Jamel fought this weekend. Yeah, Jamel. When you looked at Jamel fighting Charles Hatley. He, he looked the same way as Jamar, as Jamar fighting, um, you know, J-Rock. They just are physically imposing dudes, yeah. man, that are strong. And that strength was, you know, although he got cut, man, that strength was, was evident throughout the fight, man. Um, one of the things about Charles Hadley and the brothers kept saying is that if you guys, you know, not to give another station a plug, but if you guys go to the Hot 97 interview, <laughs> or even the Breakfast Club interview they had with the Charles Brothers, man, they kept calling him. They said, oh, man, this guy's trash. This guy, he came up in here, that he's talking all this trash, and I'm telling you, he's not good. So it's funny, man, but a lot of the things that they were saying was true. You know, Hadley couldn't move. Like, he he pulled straight back. He was getting hit with a lot of right hands. Couldn't move out, this, couldn't move out the way to save his life, man. Um, was getting hit with just foolishness, you know, didn't make any adjustments, and, you know, his demise, man, came on something, man, that was just, I don't think he even won a round. The best thing he did, he won, like, a few exchanges here and there, and I think that might have been by accident, but one of the things he did do was he cut um, Jamar, Jamel, he cut him, Um, so, you know, he had to battle back from a little tiny bit of adversity, but, you know, that sixth round came, man, and, and, you know... Through an exchange, man, where, you know, the Jermel was pressing that action, you know, Hatley got caught, man, with with with, uh, with with something crazy, man. I don't know. It might – I'm not saying it's knockout of the year, but it's going to be a candidate, you know, in this early, you know, second quarter thus far, you know. You know, that was bad, man. And I had to look at it again because, for me, just being so petty, I had to look at it to see if he hit the camera or not. Because, you know, the guy was sitting there, you know, taking a picture, and it looked like he fell out the ring and hit the camera. So I had to keep rewinding, like, crap, I hope he didn't hit his head on the camera because that's a double knockout. Um, but nevertheless, man, I don't think it was anything that we thought was going to be out of the ordinary. Um, I mean, did you think that, you know, Hadley had a chance? No, not at all. 
Let me just say this. Uh, I think it was Bum B. Was it Bum B that said, which I know about them Texas, or was it Tim C that said, which I know about them Texas boys from Big Pimpin'? So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you got the Charlos, you got Earl Smith coming. Texas, I can't remember the last time, you know, Texas made some noise in the sport of boxing, but me and Rada Dyer, Roberto was kind of diplomatic, so he kind of gets a pass. But me and Rada Dyer was very disrespectful towards the Twins. You know, so I want to do a, a public apology. You know, this is not the opinions <laughs> of Gargi Girl Boxing. You know, like I said, Roberto <laughs> was kind of diplomatic. He didn't really, was like kind of either or. You know, me and Rod and Todd kind of casted them off as just being athletes because what happened was we started buying into what the opponents were telling us. Like, you know, they were just athletes. They was being pushed. They didn't really fight nobody, yada, yada, yada. Man, when I turned on the fight last Saturday, I was like Charles Hadley. I thought it was the other twin because I didn't – because when which one for Julian again? Was it Jamal? Jamal? Jamal, Jamal, and Jamal's a little bit bigger. bigger. That's what I'm saying. So that's my point. So I'm looking at Jamal. I'm like, this can't be Jamal because he's not this big. So then right. after the fight, I'm so confused, by the way. Because I, 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 I turned the fight on mid, right when the knockout happened. So I'm like, I thought the other one was fighting. I'm like, whoa. So then, then Jamal walks over. He towers over Jamal. I'm like, oh my god! So you got these big Yo, opposing figures. You know what I mean? What'd you say, Roberto? Go ahead. Yeah, no, say I agree with you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it was confusing to me, like, cause they look. I mean, I know they twins. So I'll make them. Look, I mean, they look exactly alike. So Charles Hatley. If, if I thought this, I can't be mad at Charles Hatley because that was funny as hell. When he was talking trash to the wrong twin, he like, I ain't man, the twin, what you talking to me for? <laughs> that was funny, though, because they look exact. Like, one of them can take each other. Remember the, the movie with Richard Pryor, uh, y'all? Remember the movie Moving? And the yeah, yeah, Richard Pryor yeah, and the yeah. twin. Remember they would go take each other tests in school, yeah. and one would go to school one day. I mean, even in the movie, what's the other movie uh, with uh, Kristen Bell, uh, The Prestige? You know, when there was two twins living the same life, like, some dudes is like that. They like The Prestige. I'm going to start calling them The Prestige. <laughs> Seriously, but no, all jokes aside, man, Julian, it, what's hilarious about this, and, you know, obviously we're going to get into Canalo next week. Canalo, you got nowhere to run, my dude. Like, I don't know where you're going. Yo, you it's remember a, that it's, the Grave Diggers record? Yeah, which one? Uh, Roberto. Yeah, there's nowhere to hide. <laughs> yeah. No, hey, listen, Roberto. I was going to keep it in Texas, four walls closing in on the, you know. <laughs> you know, my mom, my mom playing tricks on me. Like, the walls are closing in. Yeah, man. Like, these dudes is real, man. All jokes aside, though, we owed, I just wanted to apologize on behalf of me and my, my partner in crime, Oro Diggity that, you know, they're not just athletes. Those guys can actually fight. You know, it was a reason why, even though one of them not trained by Ronnie Shields no more, Ronnie Shields saw something in them dudes. And a guy like my, Ronnie Shields, a lot of young guys have no idea who he is. Google him. That's all I'm going to say. Ronnie Shields is one of the greatest minds in boxing throughout the history. Great trainer. He saw something in them dudes, and then I see what he saw. And just like we talk question. about players in the NBA, 
Go to real quick. I'll let you go, right, Doc. Just like, just to draw a parallel, I was talking to my cousin about John Wall. And I'm like, you got to remember that John Wall came into the NBA as a kid. So what you're seeing now is somebody that just got out of college. The same thing with the Trello brothers. They were like kids, really. So we're watching them grow up in front of our eyes, mature as men and as fighters. But go ahead, all right, Roberto, um, you know, putting the card in reverse. Why did, and that's a great question, why did Ronnie Shields, you know, leave one? And, and still no, he didn't leave. Life. One of them left him, I thought. I don't know. I, I don't know. Like, I try to read up on it. Like, there wasn't I, – I don't know if there was, like, a disagreement or, or what have you, but, I mean, I've seen them together in the same area where, I mean, so I'm like, I don't think personally there's a problem, but – There's philosophies. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if it's you know, that or, or, you know, maybe that, you know – he felt maybe Jamal was being worked on more than him, and he needed more focus. I mean, that could always be the case too. Yeah, right? yeah. And, and then, I mean, and then see, not to mention, it got to be tough as a twin in the same sport because you might want to. Okay, he's fighting this way, but I might want to do something different. So right. it might be a clash of like you know uh, uh, of game plans taking place. Just because we twins, don't mean we got to fight exactly exactly the same way. Right. Type, of, type of situation. Yeah, and I was also thinking, you know, you also see the same thing, believe it or not. We saw the same thing with the Christo brothers. Like, one, they both didn't have Emmanuel Stewart. You know, one had... Yeah, that's a good parallel. Emmanuel that's Stewart perfect, right? And, that's exactly and, you know, the other one did not. So I was just thinking, yeah. you know, what happened because... Well, that's me, a great example. That's a great example right there, what you just brought up. Yeah, for me, man, Ronnie Shields is one of the, the better trainers, man. I have a lot of respect for him. I just couldn't understand why. But neither, I guess neither here there. Yeah, I don't, you know, but they still fight the same anyway. <laughs> they collide. <laughs> so, favorite bird. I'm sorry. Well, no, well, so, so getting into uh, the main event, uh, and then you know we'll we'll, we'll transition over to uh, this weekend's uh, big heavyweight fight: uh, Sean Porter, Andre Berto. Uh, it, it was a WBC <laughs> eliminator. And they had a me- again. I, I hit I hit y'all up after the after the you know the fight ended. They're just giving out trinkets to everybody now, man. <laughs> they handed out a they have a medal for the eliminator winner, and I'm like, what is the point of that? <laughs> like it, it's it's just like crazy to me, man. It's green with the gold medal and everything. I'm like, wow, okay. But any case, man, Sean Porter. Uh, Andre Berto, uh, this this is like, I guess in a way some people would look at it like a crossroads fight, more so for Andre Berto. Uh, and, you know, Sean Porter scores what was it, like a ninth round knockout or TKO. And shout out to ROD. ROD called this like straight down the, right down the middle, exactly how the fight went down. And he, and he said, because I picked Sean Porter to win by decision and, R.O.D., when he goes, yo, man, I think he's going to take him out. So props to R.O.D. Uh, on that. But um, Coltrane, I, I, let me get your opinion first on the fight as far as, uh, you know, how everything went down. Yo, yo. Oh, I'm, I, okay, I'm back. What did you say, Roberto? I faded, your phone faded out for a second. Oh, no, no, no. No, I was saying... Um, just uh, your opinion on the, the Porter versus Berto fight. Oh, God. Do I got to? I guess I have to. Okay. So, first of all, 
we knew going into this fight that we were going to get an interesting fight. I'll just say that, you know, for the sake of the show and the sake of the two guys, you know, because they did, they did give a lot to the sport, and they're considered, I guess, veteran fighters at this point. But um, we knew, like, it was going to be a fight with no jabs, no feints, <laughs> no spacing. You know, we knew we were getting a, 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 you know, a bar, a back bar room brawl type of fight. And listen, you know, both of those guys, you know, had some success with those styles, so I'm not going to completely just knock them as just being trash if they're not that. You know, both of them former champions, so you got to be somewhat good to, you know, obtain belts. So from other champion fighters. So, you know, I'll, I'll give them, you know, give them that, their respect due there. But, you know, that fight, it was just, it was sloppy. It was bad, uh, even for the commentators. Like, they, it was hard to commentate that fight. You don't want to watch it. And don't get me wrong, I love a war. You know, we've seen a lot of great wars. You know, Jose Luis Castillo, R.P. Diego Chico Corrales was a war, but there was still some technique there, some feints, body shots you know, perfectly time punches. So we don't mind wars, but that fight was just, you know, R.O.D. kept saying that, you know, they kept they kept making a parallel to Sean Porter being a football player, which is, you know, somebody trying to play you. You know, that's somebody throwing shade on you indirectly. Like when you're a boxer and they keep comparing you to a, keep bringing up your football pass, that's not a good look. <laughs> that's, that's basically saying that directly. And, you know, football you know, especially if you're a running back, what do you do? You run people over. And that's what Sean Porter looked like. He looked like a running back on on, uh, on Saturday. You know, um, Berto tried to apply some normal sense of boxing in the fight, but Sean Porter, unless you got a jab and you got exception, some kind of footwork, he will make you not he, – he, he will make you fight his fight. And Berto never been a guy that, you know, imposed a jab. And he's never been a guy that's been good on his feet. So what you got is what you had on Saturday. Basically, a collision. The, the, uh, what's that? The, the collision derby. You know, it was like two cars crashing into each other all night. It was like standing over the, over the, uh, the overlook. What is it? Spring Garden, right da And looking at, looking at uh, the school kill and watching cars yeah, exactly. all day. Exactly. That's, what, that's, what, that's what the equivalent of watching that fight was. So Roberto will be 95, but what is it? Well, that's Orlando, the other highway, what I think it's four. I forget what the number is called. But anyhow, that's what you – what you say, Roberto? The I-4. I-4, yeah. I'm, you know, I'm, yeah. I'm in Disney World mode. So yeah, that's yeah. what it was – yeah, you know, that world there. So that's what it was That's what it was like. I mean, it was it was tough to watch. Like, my wife, who knows nothing about – I mean, a little from what I watch, she's like, this is a, this is a bad fight. Like, there's no technique here. So, and then we get to Sean Porter at the end of the fight, which was all a setup, by the way, talking about who wanted to see the key. It was like, first of all, how many fans <laughs> left there? How many? Come on, clap your hands. Y'all know y'all want to see it. <laughs> <laughs> they tried. <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> you don't want Ryder Dye to go. He going... <laughs> you know, R.O.D. got. That's why I let him go. go let him go last because y'all think I was hard on this fight. Wait till y'all hit his next man. Around <laughs> die. So I I watched the fight and I and I saw it. And you know my my 
you know, my wife, I always tell my wife, my wife, she'll, like, she's a vegan. She'll go out and, you know, she might, like, eat something crazy, and she's, like, real health conscious. Like, man, I need to detox. And after watching that fight, I needed to detox. And it was a shame, man, because I was texting everybody, like, yo, what did I just watch? It looked like we was watching, like, mud wrestling, rugby, and, like, <laughs> mud wrestling, rugby, roller derby. And to be honest, I'm going to tell you the last thing. A lacrosse match in the rain. Like, we was watching. <laughs> Damn. We was watching all types of stuff, man. And <laughs> it was bad because it was like no holes bars, man. We, everything was cool. The only thing they was missing on Saturday was a, skill, was a steel cage. You know, like, they would have just been great with that. They had that steel cage up there. We could have just, you know, just counted to three, and we could have just had a winner. You know what I mean? So it was a bad, it was a bad day for boxing. Number one, because I remember people saying, you know, Dag man, well, Sean Porter did this to Birdo, and what would happen if he fought Floyd? And I'm just like, guys, you understand what carrying a fight means? Like, you know, like Floyd was literally carrying Andre Birdo, but I'll, I'll leave that there. But the second thing was was that I think a lot of people looked at it and said, wow, man, maybe Sean Porter could beat Keith Thurman. And I'm like, listen, you know, I don't care what you guys just saw. Like, all that throwing against the ropes and grappling and all that stuff, it didn't work the first fight. As a matter of fact, he, the reason why Keith Thurman was able to beat him is because he gave him angles and he didn't fight the same way from round one to round 12. If you notice in round one, you know, he, he, he stopped Sean Porter dead in his tracks to let him know, listen, man, you come in here with that madness, it's going to be a long night for you. He gave him a bomb. But then if you notice towards the end of the fight, he started boxing him. And unfortunately, man, Sean Porter, one of those fighters, man, if you allow him to force his will on you, he will maul you. You know, he will come in for that sack. He'll come in for that field goal block. And, you know, basically, it's it's a wrap. And, unfortunately, that's what happened to Birdo, man. And, you know, Birdo's going to have to think long and hard in terms of what that next career is going to be. Now, I will say this. There were a lot of fouls in that fight. You know, I felt like the referee didn't do a great job either of really, like, breaking up the action, you know, and really, you know, kind of like, you know, um, stopping and redirecting Porter, man, from a lot of the dirty little crazy stuff he's doing, the elbows, the headbutts, you know, a lot of that stuff was just plain dirt, man. Then say, yo, man, you know what, I'm sorry after the fight. Yeah, I did it. Yeah, I'm sorry, but I got this W anyway. Like, that was kind of corny to me, but whatever. Um, you know, in terms of that Keith Thurman fight, you know, which is what Train talked about in that ring, that fight still goes the same way. Um I'm always when you when you have part twos, you gotta make adjustments. There has to be something that you've done that you can do better than you did the first time to really compel me to think that you can win. And honestly, I don't see what he can do any different. As a matter of fact, I think Keith Thurman, as much as I disliked him, he's actually gotten a little bit better. And he's gonna he would beat him worse the second time around. If I if what if he comes in like what he did on Saturday, yeah, I think so too. I and that's why I was saying when I when I saw Thurman in there, I'm like, 
I, I didn't think the first fight was something that would demand, like, for a second fight that people would draw, like, this major interest for. Uh, so, I don't know, man. I, I mean, to me, Keith Thurman, he'll he win likely more decisively in a rematch. Uh, I, I think the fight that people want to see Keith Thurman in is the winner of Spence and Brooke. Uh, I, I think collectively, all of us, that's the fight we want to see. Or a, a Manny Pacquiao fight. I would even take that, too. You know, uh, that'd be a very interesting fight with, with, with Thurman and Pacquiao. But I don't want to see him and Porter fight again, man. Um, I don't know, man. It, it, not a, <laughs> I, I would say for the Miami Dolphins, man, shout out to my Dolphins that are going to be going to uh, hopefully grab something in the NFL draft. They should look at again, Sean Porter, man. We need a nose tackle. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I, I don't know, man. Um, so, in any case, man, uh, on to this weekend, man. Uh, big heavyweight fight. Uh, you know, I forgot a unification uh, between the WBA and the IBF because it's for the vacant WBA heavyweight title. Uh, Vladimir Klitschko, Anthony Joshua, Wembley Stadium, live. Uh, like I been, I started off the show on the in the UK. It obviously, it's going to be uh, you know prime time, but in the states, it's going to be Showtime live. Uh, 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. The, I think the coverage starts at 4:30 Eastern Standard Time, and then uh, HBO is gonna or, or the the first bell is gonna be at 5 p.m. Uh, Eastern Eastern Standard Time, and then the replay is gonna be on HBO uh, at 10:45 uh, p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So, ROD, uh, we we kind of this fight kind of crept up on us. And there's a lot of question marks as it relates to really both guys. I would probably say more with Klitschko, uh, being the long layoff, 41 years old, um, and now facing like a young, fresh, uh, big puncher who is his size. Who has the advantage in this fight, and who do you like? So who has the advantage? If you're looking at it, like everyone's going to take youth, <clears throat> so, you know, obviously, you know, everybody's going to say Anthony Joshua. You look at the – you do the paper test, not the eye test. You do the paper test, and he has, you know, what, you know, as many knockouts as he has wins. So that can be kind of jaded. Um, but unfortunately, what's not jaded is the fact that Klitschko uh, has been inactive, and we don't know what Klitschko we're going to get. As a matter of fact, the last time we saw it, we saw him, man. He was getting outpointed by Tyson Fury, of all people, man. And we're just like, wow, how does that happen? I think that this fight, if this was Klitschko at his best, you know, this might be a speed bump in Anthony Joshua's career. Um, but unfortunately, because I don't know, you know, what Klitschko we're going to get. It's like digging your hands in a bag of Skittles and hopefully, you know, hopefully you pull out a, a yellow one. You really don't know. But um, you don't know what Klitschko you're going to get. So, for me, I'm going to have to go with, you know, Anthony Joshua at this point, you know, by decision or by, you know, by TKO, you know, later on 12th round, you know, 11th round, more active. Um, I kind of know what I'm getting out of him at this point. 
and uh, just a younger, just a younger, hungrier guy. Um, it also seems like a lot of the stuff that Klitschko's doing, like the soda fight, is forced. You know, he's never been a really good. He's never been a talker, and I'm not one to believe that. Like you know, when you look at Andre Ward, Andre Ward's not really a talker, um, but he doesn't seem like he's engaged with this fight. Like he just seems totally out of it. Like I'm just here. Um, from his body language, the way he's talking, so you know, all that's all those points to me just saying that Anthony Joshua's the guy, and I, and I don't think it's I think it's more or less passing on the torch, man. I'm not saying I don't want our fans to go crazy. This is not like Ali. I'm not comparing Kushko to Ali, but this is almost like how, you know, when Ali fought Larry Holmes or, you know, when, when Larry, when, you know, when Ali fought, you know, Trevor Burbick, you know, it was like, you know, any other time we knew that he would, that he would dust those guys off. But at that point where they were fighting at that point in time, we knew Ali was just basically done at that point. So I'm thinking the same thing for Kushko here, you know, a good way, to pass the torch, you know, thanks for a great career, but, you know, he loses this fight, you know, and it's just based off what I've seen in the last fight, unless it's something different, you know, I'm going to go Anthony Joshua by, you know, either wide, either, you know, wide unanimous decision or, you know, TKO. Yeah, I mean, you brought up a good point as it relates to, uh, the, I mean, the layoff and, you know, it's just at this point of his career, man. You got you got to think. What are the chances that we're going to see a totally rejuvenated Vladimir Klitschko, man? And and one thing one thing we got to remember too, like as it relates to the the Tyson Fury fight, and I, I, I think it's other factors too. But even in that sense, I mean, Tyson Fury was a guy that was a little taller, a little rangier, kind of an awkward fighter. And the things that Klitschko was able to get away with, uh, as far as you know, where he, he you know he he can keep you at a long jab and and keep you keep you there all night, and, and you have nothing you know really to combat that. Like he couldn't do that against a bigger guy. And and now you look at Joshua, who's the same size, I think rel- rel- relatively bigger than Klitschko at this point, as far as, like, just his overall size. And, again, like, we always say, it's not a bodybuilding contest, but um, he's he's in the prime, uh, like, prime shape. Uh, Klitschko's always been in good shape. Uh, but I think the problem he's going to have in this fight, man, is that while, I mean, I, the layoff, and I, I, I can't help but notice that since you know the great Emmanuel Stewart passed away, um, the Klitschko that we knew has kind of digressed, and and I think part of that is you know he's kind of in control now of his camps where you know back then it was you know Emmanuel Stewart you know basically in charge of everything and I I think it's just a lot of things equaling into what I think is, and I may be going out on a limb here, man. Um, I think it's going to be an early night. I think Anthony Joshua is going to stop Klitschko early in this fight. I want to say like fourth, fifth round, if not sooner. I just, I think Klitschko's at a point, man, like, uh, like based on the last fight, I, I don't think he can pull the trigger anymore. And 
I think with the the time off and you being in there with a younger kid that that can punch, uh, you know, is a little susceptible to getting hit. But we've seen the same thing with Klitschko when when he's been touched, and he hasn't been touched in a long time, man. And Tyson Fury is not a big puncher per se, as a, in relation to the type of puncher that Anthony Joshua is. So while there's a lot of question marks still as far as Anthony Joshua's future, I think in in, in a sense this is a perfect fight for him, and I think he's going to score a moderate early knockout of Vladimir Klitschko and we're going to have a new unified heavyweight champion. So yeah, man, that, so for those listening showtime, uh, it's going to get the live feed. So that's going to be at 5 PM Eastern standard time. Uh, as far as when the bell, the first bell, if you want to catch the early coverage four thirty. And then uh, if you can't catch it live, it's going to be on 1045 Eastern Standard Time, uh, 1045 p.m. on HBO following the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. So, yep, that's pretty much it, man. Next week, <laughs> boy, I, I uh, again, another fight. Most of these fights just crept up on us, man. I mean, it's, I mean, there's just been so much boxing going on. But the big one, Canelo Chavez Jr., uh, I, through the chats, I sent uh, th- this new uh, video of uh, Chavez Jr. looking very trim. Um, looking, I mean, I don't want to be. You didn't say, you didn't say trim. He's Keep looking starched. What did you say? He's, he's looking kind of starched to me already, but okay, that that sounds better, Roberto. Yeah, <laughs> it, it just I, I want a lot of it to me is going to depend on how he looks at the weigh-ins, but I, I'll say this. Um, and we'll discuss it more next week. Chavez Jr. appears to be geared in, ready for this fight. And, you know, we're a week away for, uh, from Cinco de Mayo, uh, which has become like the staple of, uh, you know, the, one of the big big fight weekends in boxing, man. So, uh, you know, we're going to be covering that. And uh, we'll recap this weekend's fights, man. Uh, well, really one main fight. Uh, and you know we'll we'll see how everything transpires. But uh, before we wrap up, man, RD, did you want to leave off with anything? No, I just think Dylan Price is dead. You know, past day for for coming on, and um, you know, looking forward to this weekend. Word up, word up. But yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you know, thanks uh, to Dylan Price for coming on. You know, be on the lookout for him. Young, young prospect, man. So you know, we're gonna be seeing a lot of him. And uh, that's pretty much the show, man. Like I uh, said earlier in the show, follow us at Garja Grill Boxing on Instagram. And, uh, you know, the threads be getting crazy <laughs> as far as just the, the different posts and opinions and such. And, you know, it's uh, it's forums like that, man, that just keeps the fan base popping with boxing, man. And, you know, like I said earlier, follow us uh, on Facebook, facebook.com slash GYG Boxing. SoundCloud.com slash GYGB. iTunes, just search GYGB Boxing. And we're all, we're all over the place. <laughs> so we got we, uh, we to gotta come back to YouTube, and that, that will be uh, happening this year, man, it, you know, especially on my end and, and you know, on, on, the, on the Philly side of things. So 
We'll be back next week, man, uh, covering this fight and then uh, previewing Canelo versus Chavez Jr. So until next week, man, we're out of here. Peace. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.